0: Welcome to The Outcast, the podcast from Outlaw Pro, the ultimate angling experience. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three of The Outcast. And I've got a really interesting guest that's joining me today. He's a man that's been around the scene for a very, very long time. He's one of Anglin's colourful characters, I think it's fair to say. He's got a story or two, both about fish and life in general. Ladies and gentlemen, let's introduce to you Mr Les Bowers. Les lovely to have you good to see you again Rob good to see you so yeah go, we go back quite a while actually don't yeah. we so uh, been around quite a long time we're in about the same age ladies and gentlemen we're probably what in twen- late 20s now I would think both of us aren't we I'm nearly 21 <laughs> <laughs> actually it is my birthday next Thursday is it <laughs> yeah. happy birthday next Thursday <laughs> so um, the first thing we always do is we just talk about fishing where is your fishing at the moment what are you doing how are you doing it what are you after right um <laughs> how to start i
1: was supposed to be on another syndicate this year um it all went a bit peak tongue and so i ended up with nowhere to go um but luckily one of my very good friends offered me a ticket on a very big water near reddin yeah i'm not allowed to name publicity ban on this this one obviously Uh, on the name yeah uh probably 250 to 300 acres somewhere around there Uh, 250 i'd say um there's only 40 carp in it. Well. Wow, that's so, a But what carp they are! Yes, uh, you're looking at one that came out at 62 last year, and there's good 50 plus backup fish, and there's probably 15 to 16 40s, and one that hasn't been out for four years that was last out at 40 49. Um, Everyone's after that one at the moment, Scarfish.
0: For for me, that venue is probably the pinnacle or one of the pinnacles. You know, it's up there as one of the best venues in the whole of the country. I'm lucky enough to know the guy that's caught the big fish. Um, I was talking to him before he caught it. I've spoken to him a lot since he's caught it. We talked about the capture. It's an amazing fish, that fish, isn't it? It is.
1: It's a stunning, stunning fish. It's just got so much growth room still left. in It doesn't look... Ugly because of its weight. Yeah, yeah. It, it's actually proportioned perfectly. Yeah, um, and the other thing is, it's not busy down there. Do you know what I mean? You've got all of that water. Uh, 35, 35 members of officially. Yeah, um, a lot of them are tench anglers, and
0: so yeah, quite a lot of scope there then. Yeah, so, and you've caught one already, haven't
1: you? Yeah, I'm um, my well, sixth session in. Um, I've, been, I've been baiting it down there. You have to that water, that, water and that size if you want to be in with a chance and the first time I fished the baited area uh, that was on a Wednesday evening I was it was actually uh, the Jubilee weekend because we had that long weekend because of the Queen Yeah. Um, I put the rod out and then overnight I was expecting something if I was going to get a take it'd be in the morning um, nothing and then Quarter past nine, totally out of the blue. I was actually watching some stuff on YouTube at the time um, and it just bleeped and one toned it. Um, I forgot I'd put braid on the new reels. Um, went to pick it up and it's just heading towards the end of the island. I've, I've got to stop it before it gets there because if it turns right there, I'm going to lose it. So I've clamped down on the spool, completely forgot about braid being on my there's a painful moment it. coming <laughs> yeah and <laughs> it just cut straight through my finger
0: yeah
1: um, soon let go of it but I did manage to slow it down and turn it awesome and when it went in I was absolutely over the I knew it was an half decent fish but I didn't know what I just netted it and just put it in the net rest yeah, yeah. Um, called a mate up to come and do it Alan Stag yeah come and do the photos and he goes oh do you want to have a look I goes yeah he goes how big do you think I said oh, I said about 30 pounds I expect He's looked in the net and he goes that's a 40 all day long he goes look at the width of them shoulders awesome yeah, and we weighed it It's just over 40 so oh, that's
0: mega. you know what a, what a great result and like any the, the weight to a degree is irrelevant but it's always nice to oh, I back didn't to care. it is could it? have
1: been 20 pounds for all yeah. I cared it was that first fish from that that water yeah, yeah. and it's a hard water anyway and I didn't expect I'd even Told like Kev Knight at Mainline. I said, when I went on there, he was the one that said, "Take the ticket." Yeah, yeah. Um, I said to him because you do know I'm going to be blanking a lot. He goes, "I don't care." He goes. That's probably where the next British record's coming from.
0: Well, that, that, there's there's a couple of things that are whizzing through my mind at the moment. Both one is tactics on a big water like that. Two is the importance of pre baiting, and three is is the British record. So we'll come va- back and visit those very very soon. Let's let's talk about tactics. How do you approach a big venue like that? How you know what's your thought process? That's a lot of water. Some of it you're not allowed to fish. Yep. You're allowed to use boats on it at certain times, but yep. not all the time. Yeah. So there's a lot stacked against you. How do you actually approach a water like that? Well, I've been lucky that,
1: like, say, I lived in France. we will talk about later. Um, I've fished big, big waters before, yep. and I, I try to explain this to people. With when they say, look, what, well, how you tell them how big a water is, they're like, oh, how do you start even begin there? It's no different than fishing a one-acre pond, because you find the fish first, or you pre-bait. Um, you want (laughs) to it's no good just setting up anywhere you've got it in your head you're going to fish there no matter what and you haven't pre-baited or whatever Um, you've got to put the work in leg work be that leg work baiting up or whatever um, and it'll work
0: I think pre-baiting is one of the keys on big waters as well isn't it because the fish will come and look for you Yeah. one thing I've found with big water fish is that a lot of the time they can be quite mobile they'll have areas that they like yeah but they can move, particularly on big weather changes as well. And, oh you know, yeah. they're, they they're love not conditioned.
1: southwesterly. They yeah, they love it.
0: They're not conditioned by um, by angler pressure, yeah. uh, particularly on there. So they can be more or less anywhere. So although there's no fishing banks, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the best place to go, does it? No, because they can be anywhere. Yeah, yeah.
1: That, I mean, I shouldn't feel confident when I go because there are so few fish. But every time I go, I do feel confident. But if you don't feel confident you're already losing if that makes sense yeah that's right you've got to f- that confidence has got to be there um with big big pits like that and so less fish they're not riggy mm. so you want to be using everything's got to be super strong big yeah, hooks solid yeah uh, do you know what i mean you, you once you hook something you don't want to be losing it because yeah, it yeah. could be the fish of a lifetime. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, you know, let's let's talk about that fish of a lifetime. There's a there's a sixty pounder in there. Yeah, it's growing as well, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, do you think it could do the British record? I think it will, um, whether it be this year yeah.
1: or next year. Um, but we do think it's a male fish, so it doesn't fluctuate in yeah, weight yeah. very much. So, like, it will put on a few pounds, but it's been. Putting on, putting on, putting on a few pounds every year. Mm. So last year it was out at sixty-two, yeah, and this
0: year it's been out at fifty-nine. But that was that was just post spawn, wasn't it? Yeah, so yeah, three yeah, pound for down. a big fish like that's not a lot. No. So you know if it uh, if it gets caught back end again, that could be that could be right sixty-seven, up sixty-eight pound, which is knocking on the door of of the current record. Let's let's have a chat about that. And I, I'm I'm going to throw this question to everybody that comes and sits in that chair there that understands carp fishing in particular. Yeah. You know, let's talk about British records as well because we've got a current situation where we've got obviously Dean Fletcher's fish, the Wazing fish. Which yeah, uh, again, are, you know very yeah. well, you, you you fish Wazing or fish Wazing. Uh, so we've got that, which is which is the true and current British record. We've got a number of fish that have been caught over that weight yeah. as well that haven't been accepted for whatever reason. You know, and various different people have opinions on these things. Uh, and we've got the Wingham fish in particular, which is the the very very big one that's been caught. To me, I personally, I feel the Wingham fish would be the record. I do too,
1: and I wish he had claimed it. Yeah, um, I can understand why he didn't, um, but I wish he had claimed it because it was a true British fish yeah. at a British record weight, and it would have put to bed the arguments over a British record yeah. in my lifetime.
0: Well, I, I, th- I think ultimately, whatever the subjective opinion is of what people think about whether a fish is worth something or not something, there's there's one key thing in this, and that's the number. Yeah. You know, and and a seventy nine pound fish is bigger than a a, a, a sixty eight pound fish, and a, an eighty one pound fish is bigger than a seventy nine pound yeah, fish. Yeah, yeah. So if you're looking purely at numbers, surely it should be the biggest fish, and you know the 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 argument that it's got dropsy. Well, actually, Chrissy Hates's fish had dropsy. Yeah. Roddy Porter's fish had dropsy. Um, and people the,
1: are on about like oh it's a spawn, spawned out spawn bound fish be honest anglers when do they fish for their fish when they're at their biggest weights when they are spawn bound do you know what I mean they, they do fish for them then
0: yeah well it's it's weird I have this you know I cover all sorts of disciplines as well and I have interesting conversations with, with predator anglers as well that actually for, for carp anglers going out and targeting fish just before they've spawned with these fish being really really heavy with spawn we almost step back from that a little bit and go, you know what? They should be left be to spawn. Yeah. Whereas tench anglers, in particular, they're out like a shot trying to catch tench in the last couple of weeks of May because that's when they're at the biggest. Yeah, yeah. Equally, pike anglers as well. You know, they all want to go out and fish in, in in February, which is just before spawning time for pike. Yeah. Yeah. So they want the big fat females. They don't want the males. They want the big yeah. fat females. Let's face it; those females ain't fat. Yeah. You know, yeah. they yeah. they're not fat. They're as big as they are because they're they're they're, they're carrying spawn. Yeah, uh, and yet as soon as they've spawned, oh no, no, no we we'll leave them alone. Yeah. So yeah, it, as anglers, we're really weird because it almost depends on the type of fish that we're fishing for as to whether or not it's right to fish for them.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm the same as you. I remember the old clay season. Yeah. Um, which was it was a good thing in a way because I used to be able to get all of the odd jobs done that I'd always put off which now I don't, (laughs) Um, but the fish, the close season didn't really work because quite often had spawn after it opened again, and I think what we've got now with uh, a good fishery is like when they close the fishery for uh, X amount of time to allow them fish to spawn and recover in their own time, rather than having a set date. Because the fish don't know that's the
0: set date that they've got. No, <laughs> no that's right. Hey, interestingly, my fish spawned twice this year. Not a few for- player places I have. And and I think it was I think it might have been Viv or Simon Scott that was talking about this, and he said it isn't necessarily the fish spawning twice. What it might be is that the conditions were right for one group of fish to spawn when they spawn the first time, and they're not right until the second time. So it's not actually the fish spawning twice. It might be two separate groups, two separate groups of fish spawning yeah. at two different times because the conditions weren't right. Yeah, which is actually quite interesting. I've never thought about it like that. But if you think you know, if you've got if you've got young fish. Yeah. they might spawn earlier or later than old fish yeah so yeah, you know I agree but anyway either way one one spawned just inside the old closed season another one spawned well outside in fact it was only a couple of weeks ago so uh, you know, yeah. there's, there's no way of knowing so you've got a little something down here haven't you Les, Les has bought us a gift which I think is really really nice yeah well what it is it's been at home
1: a friend of mine done it for me and it, I do like it but I'm not allowed to put it up at home so it's just been like sat by my by my wardrobe
0: well, that's something and a i thought there, we, right? the wall it's looks a bit bare in here what it
1: is. and i thought i'd bring that in for you you can have it for the wall it's only a little funny bit of
0: memorabilia but it says oh, i was here fantastic yeah that i think from uh, from now on and we'll pot- possibly retrospectively do this as well um every guest that comes in is going to have to bring us a present I quite like the idea of that, they bring <laughs> us a present so we can have it either on the memorabilia wall uh, it can go on the shelves as well, so hopefully you'll see some meaningful things building up over the course of year. For those of you listening that can't see what we're looking at, for a start you need to watch us on YouTube so you can see this, it's worth looking at, but we have got a, a caricature of Les Looking fairly rugged with stubble there, Uh, riding a carp, (laughs) which is a very interesting picture. He's got reins on the top of it. It's like a bucking Bronco, uh, but that's a really nice piece. So that will look very, very good on our memorabilia wall. And yes, you've started off a train. You've started off a trend. So. Good. I think we're going to backdate that. I'll have to see if I can find something. And Crowey, it does mean that you're going to have to dig in now and, uh, <laughs> and send something down, because obviously we, we've, we've had Crowey on already, so yeah. Yeah, we've we'll got Crowy in. So anybody coming in on the, uh, on the Outcast in the future, we need a present. Thank you, Les. That's, That's really right. kind you're of welcome. you. Um, we talked earlier about your colourful history. Um, you've, yeah. you've had quite a, a, an interesting life. Tell us a little bit about your background, first and foremost, and how did you get into fishing? Oh, how I got into fishing... Oh, I was four years old. My
1: mother was having my sister, so I had to go and she got rushed in the hospital. I had to go and stay with my auntie at Newbury, which is quite funny because I actually live quite close to there now, which I didn't at the time. Yeah. Um, while I was with her, she took me to a little tackle shop and I bought a couple of lures and I had a Woolworths rod kit. Oh, the good old windshield. Yeah, and my first kit. ever fish was a perch out of the river kennet fantastic but that's how i actually got into it and then in, i lived at the time at porchester near yeah. portsmouth and i used to do sea fishing off the wall and that's where i used to like catch whatever yeah came along crabs fish or whatever um but then we moved to where my parents live now which is out in the sticks um near fairham it's like right out in the sticks yeah um but i got into fishing there a friend of mine, nobody in my fi- family actually fishes, right? Um, but a friend of mine, his dad was in the Navy, and I used to go with them to HMS Triad yeah, yeah, and go fishing in there, and catching all sorts. Um, then I got to about 14, and I started getting into the match scene, and done a little bit of that, and then I got into the carp, and I used to go to these matches, and all these guys would be there with their poles, and whatever. Um, catching bits and I'd just be there with one carp rod and I could sit there all day and suddenly have a take and beat all of them with one fish yeah. and it used to upset them like how um, so I got out of uh, the match scene <laughs> and it was about 18 I was about 18 when I just went carp only mm. and that's all I've done since but I've been lucky with some of the waters I've fished over the years um, and lucky with some of the carp I've caught.
0: Yeah, you're fishing really iconic waters, aren't you? You know, certainly in in recent times, over the last ten years in particular. Yeah. You know, the likes of Frimley, the likes of Wazing, the likes of where you are now. Yeah. Uh, let's let's talk about Wazing in particular because it's a really interesting water, and and everybody has heard of it, obviously because of the parrot. Yeah. But not that many people know much about it. Tell me about it. Right, um, Cranwell's and Oxleys are the specimen waters.
1: The only thing that separates them is a causeway um, and in winter when it floods they can actually swim between the two but they're two entirely different lakes uh cranwells is probably 20 acres and it's got about 200 fish in, and it averages three to four foot deep it's got deeper areas um up to sort of 10 foot 10 11 foot and right around, around the edge there's like a gully there's six seven foot but yeah on average it's three or four foot and then you've got oxleys next door which averages probably 22 foot and goes down to 40 foot in winter um that's probably 15 acres and it's probably got about 35 fish or it did have at the time 35 about 35 fish in it we worked out
0: what do you reckon makes them grow so big in there
1: the natural I mean you've got loads of crayfish there yeah. are crayfish in there they yeah. do try and net, uh, catch pop them pop yeah, them yeah. out um but there are crayfish and the fish love um crayfish uh they're not a I never found them a problem yeah uh, there are certain areas that they could be a problem but that's the same with any water with crayfish you normally find there's certain areas that they're the crayfish seem to favor
0: how do you get around them then is it literally just avoiding them uh Yes and no, um,
1: if I was fishing an area where I knew the craze were a problem, I'd normally use either a plastic or a tiger mm-hmm. um, but I've even had tigers taken by yeah, yeah. craze yeah. uh but most of the time, I just use boilie. mm yeah, just but uh it's actually Dave Levy that gave me the heads up on this, he said. Because I was getting plagued by them, and being a nightmare for me. And uh, he said, just chop them up in the, the ridge monkey chop, yeah, all yeah. your bullies in that. He said, and that just keeps them preoccupied for ages, and you, your hookbaits left out there for a lot longer, yeah. which I did. And yeah, it worked. Yeah, yeah. fair play.
0: So, no, a very, very simple one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah nice, nice, easy. You, you're not fishing there anymore, is it? You've, you've caught quite a few fish over there, but you're not there anymore.
1: Yeah, I was there for probably two and a bit years. Um, I started on Cranwells but I realised Cranwells does get quite busy yeah. um, even to the extent people queueing behind swims oh. and it was, wasn't for me and a friend of mine John Cash was fishing over on Oxleys and I messaged him I said so what's in Oxleys then this is before I knew um, and he says um, you stay over there he goes you've got to catch them fish out there I said I'll tell you now I'm coming over I said this is too busy and that's how I come I ended up on Oxleys. Um, and I loved it on there. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, I got on well with the bailiff down there, but, um, the head bailiff at the time. But uh, he left, and I lost my ticket for sticking up for him. Yeah, oh uh, Basically, yeah. Uh, he moved to Swam. They suspended him. And then I got the whole syndicate to say what a good bailiff he was. They didn't like that. And then... We had a page where we that we used to use on Facebook for like if somebody needed a photo or putting pictures up, or if you broke down or if you lost something. Like I lost my receiver once and somebody found it. Yeah, Um, it was handy. Good communication method between members. Yeah. Um. Well, they wanted that page gone, and I said, "Well, we use it. We need it." So they got rid of it, and I started another page up just for the members. Nothing to do with ways, just for the members, just to use. And that was on Saturday, and I got a phone call on the Monday. So I lost my ticket overlap. Right. Um, I didn't actually break any rules or anything. But yeah, um, there was only one fish I really wanted left anyway, yeah. so I wasn't too bothered. I liked it there. Yeah. Um, I won't mind admitting it, but um, yeah, it was free scale. That was the one fish I would have liked to have um, caught.
0: It's quite nice being in a syndicate, isn't it, when you've when you've got a good group of people that are that are regularly fishing it and everybody gets to know each other. Yeah. Equally it can be bitchy too. Oh. So, it, you know, how do you how do you find that? Yeah, I soon learnt there was a little click there were
1: of people on there. And yeah, they they could be a little bit bitchy. But uh, I tried to just keep myself to myself. What I should have done in hindsight is not got involved with that with the swan mm. i just felt i just felt he was being hard done by and that's why i sort of stuck up for him because he's always nice to me yeah. when i was down there fishing he was always polite and do you know what i mean i treat people as i find them yeah. um yeah maybe i should have just kept quiet and just stuck on the fishing because i only wanted that one fish
0: well you have a you have a bit of a habit of being a man of the people anyway don't you You do stick up for people if there's wrongs being on and uh, yeah and, and you know you, you you do quite a bit of charity stuff as well so yeah. we'll you know that the, we'll talk about lucy's bowl we'll talk about a few other bits and bobs so what what drives you what drives les bowers right fishing's given me
1: so much of my life i've made so many friends over the years that have been friends for 30 odd years or more um, it's just nice to put something back, um, help others. Uh, I'm very empathic. I can put myself in somebody's position and think they and see the struggle they may be going through, yeah. and think what would I be like in that situation? How would I would like to think somebody would help me if I was that way or had that problem or whatever? So yeah, that's part of the reason I like to do it. And, it and it's nice to see the difference you can make to somebody's life mm. do you know what I mean, at the end of the day it's only fishing what we do is only fishing we're not changing the world no matter how big you think you are in the industry, you are
0: only fishing. How and big a f- part of your life is fishing then, is it, uh, is, oh, it, is, it is it all consuming?
1: It, it, it can be at times, like with running the events, running the auctions it's not a lot, the events are like yearly and there's like set dates or whatever. But it doesn't just stay with that date, it's a whole year of organising auctions, getting prizes. Um, yeah, there's a lot more behind the scenes to it than you think there is. And it does, my wife would say, it does take up a lot of time. And I'll quite often be on the phone in the evenings, two to three hours. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's as well as
0: going yeah, to work no, during the day. Imagine. You're listening to The Outcast, the podcast from Outlaw Pro, the ultimate angling experience. A a couple of years ago, you were very heavily involved in um, a very unsavoury thing that happened in the fishing world where there was a guy, a tour operator, that took an awful lot of people's money Yeah, uh, as well. And I think it's... um, I think we can probably name him as well because I don't think there's any any no there's no, there's no hiding of it, it at all there's no disputing of it and uh, that was Mark Westerberg and you were you were quite at the forefront of of what was going on there just there'll, there'll be people that have been affected by this that would like to know what's going on because there's been a recent resurrection in yes. this story hasn't there which uh, which will be interesting as well so you know uh, firstly tell us a little bit of history there what happened and secondly update us right um, what happened originally
1: uh, the year before it all came out uh, Mark Westenberg had messaged me on Facebook and said oh let's I put you in our team um, it'd be fishing like lakes all over the Europe blah 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 awful. yeah sounds good I spoke to friends about it and they just said make sure you don't put any money in because mm. he's not trustworthy roundabout no I said right okay um, so I didn't actually go on actually on any of the trips and it was coming up towards Christmas time and a good friend of mine had booked a trip to Sumba um, and he was looking forward to it and he booked it through Mark Westenberg but whilst he did that he actually joined the Sumba Facebook page for that country Mm. so it's all in foreign but he went on there and he got chatting to him and they sent him a calendar with the dates for the year of when people could fish and who was on. And his week wasn't on there. Yeah. And so he's like panicking, he's like, I've paid him all this money. So he's contacted Mark Westerberg, and he did get his money back. Um, it took a while, but he did get his money back. Yeah, yeah. But then I, he sent me the calendar, a picture of the calendar. And I was like, I know the guys at Ridge Monkey. And they had a couple of weeks booked on for September. But only actually one week was booked. Mm-hmm. And I phoned the owner of Ridge Monkey. I spoke to him and I said, look, this is what's happening. And he goes, he better not mess us about, blah, blah, blah. And it turned out he did. I spoke to Mainline. I know that they had a trip booked. And he had done the same to them. It wasn't booked. But he would taken the money. Um, and that's when I got asked to open up a page on Facebook yeah. about this. And we tried to work out how much money he had actually taken when it was double, treble booked, and sometimes quadruple booked for the same weeks, um, you think people travelling all the way out there and turn up. And this did happen, turning up out there, and it was already booked. Somebody's house was already in their spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I set this page up. We expected it between to be between 120 and 150 thousand. Well, it shocked That's a lot of money. It was shocked us all what it went to. When I start, we started adding it up. I got a a French lady, a uh, French lady, Dutch lady to help me. Like with a spreadsheet of everything and who had had what and where and times booked and it was coming out with over four hundred thousand pounds. Wow. And that's when the proverbial hit the fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh you can imagine there's a lot of upset people. He disappeared. Yeah. Completely disappeared. Off of everywhere. Vanished. Nobody knew what was happening.
0: There were lots of people presumably looking for him at that time. Oh yeah. All wanting their money
1: back. Um but he done the disappearing act. Uh, and then earlier this year, Mark actually can't keep out the limelight. He likes the limelight. And he turned up on a program on TV in Netherlands doing his uh, security work and we suddenly found out where he was again. Right. And I know that the security firm was actually contacted by a lot of the people that had been ripped off. Yeah. And I don't think he's actually working for him again right. anymore. Right. But Yeah. Just be careful, don't ever trust him around a pound note. If he does yeah. turn up and
0: try to get back in on the scene. Yeah, and this is all relative public domain stuff anyway, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, everyone sort of, knows. You know, it's quite uh, it, it, it's quite out there. It's a shame that there there's an unsavoury side to these things, isn't it? You yeah, know that,
1: that this it's horrible because <laughs> I don't know why people are like it do you know what I mean if he could it could have ran an honest genuine business and still made good money yeah yeah but greed gets them all every time oh dear
0: not good let's talk about good things yeah let's talk about Frimley you spent a bit of time on Frimley as well another venue that's very uh, very well known yeah a uh, lot of very big fish in there too yep it's a stunning
1: stunning lake uh, it's <laughs> it's the kind of lake I could retire to as well it it's just the the atmosphere the venue the owner he the owner Mark Fisher he's such a nice bike. bit eccentric you won't mind me saying that he's he doesn't he does things how he wants but he, he's such a lovely guy um, the fishing is just unbelievable it is I think now there's something like 26 fish over 40 pound and there's three over 50 this is in pit 3 this is on pit 3 yeah um, pit four's catching up with it, though, uh, and you've got pits one and two as well. But uh, it's the venue itself. It's like, I can't. How can I explain it? If you could design a fishery, that would be it. Yeah. And he has done it, and it, it, it is absolutely stunning down there. The fishing, it's <laughs> it can be hard at times, which is
0: quite weird. But then other times you will think I can't. I can't put a foot wrong what's the key to places like that you know because quite a lot of good anglers fish places like that how do you stand out amongst
1: well, a uh, lot d-
0: of other good anglers what i did was i done a
1: lot of research myself before when i like became a member i've yeah. done a start doing a lot of research um fish are creatures of habit and they do visit the same areas certain times of the year under the same weather conditions mm-hmm. and that's what i looked at i went back on Loads of previous captures, times a year, whereabouts on the lake it was. And I couldn't guarantee that I'd catch that fish, but I could put myself within a good chance of catching that fish. And that's what I actually did while I was down there. And I did do very well doing that. And I tried to fish areas that were different to anyone else. There was one certain swim on the stick swim. Mm. Um, I did get to know that swim very well but there was a certain spot that was in so close and it was an awkward cast to get to it. You had to stand in the water with your chesties on to yeah. cast to it and it wasn't very far out, but it was an overhanging tree and you had to get there to just flick it down into it. I ended up with three, four, over time, three different 40-pound fish from that spot yeah. as well as a ridiculous amount of 30s. Um, and then it all accumulated in the capture of Charlie's mate one
0: New Year's Eve uh, it was freezing cold ice. that's on. a present isn't it yeah. New Year's Eve as well you know any time to catch that fish but a winter capture of that is, is amazing
1: yeah it's freezing cold ice on the baby
0: landing net frozen um, I'd actually invited a friend down, Paul the one
1: I took to France I told you about earlier um, I invited him down for a guest because we hadn't fished together for 15 years um, we're fishing and I said to him look we are doubled up in a swim I let him choose which side Yeah because he was my guest and if anyone who knows double boards down there the left hand side is the best side um, that's where he went I showed him the spots to fish to, and I just fished to the right but I kept all of mine close in yeah. I said to him I said look we're not going to catch it's it, highly unlikely the weather's against us I said we'll have a, a good social good catch up and we had a lot of bonfire. we were yeah. allowed bonfires down there proper pits um, I had a fire, um, I got an Indian in, so we had a lot of food and we had a good good chat and good catch up. Well, Quarter past half past five the next morning, my rod screams off at 35 yards. I got up and I'm playing it and it's, it did fight really well and Paul's got on the net and as I've brought it over the landing net, he's looked inside and he goes, that's a bloody big common. I looked inside and i goes and that's because it's charlie's mate the biggest fish in the lake yeah, mega. but yeah um it's quite this is something not a p- few people know this about me but not many when i catch a fish that i really want like, i don't know what it is it's the adrenaline or whatever i throw yeah. up right and as soon as i've seen this fish i start throwing up paul's going you're right you're right i goes yeah i'm just excited do you know what i mean and yeah um caught the fish and while we're waiting for the others to come around because there's a few others on the lake to come and do the photographs uh paul's rod goes off yeah. on one of the spots wow. and he has the only true leather carp in frimley wow and that was i mean i was so made up for him as well like yeah yeah that fish but yeah well you got it
0: nailed on that night didn't you Blow that's yeah, uh, yeah that's,
1: that's bang on brilliant night and i've got some excellent photos of them them fish
0: let's talk tactics uh briefly um, you know you, you 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 like to fish certain types of waters that have got i wouldn't class them as as ultra low stock although where you are now clearly is yeah um but the likes of wazing the likes of of frimley these sort of places they've got a few carping that you can go for but they're not easy venues yeah how do you approach that sort of a venue what are you thinking about what's your tactical approach baiting's always been
1: one of my forte's I uh, i swear by it. if you if you're allowed yeah. And you can bait bait. Uh, the fish will come eventually. It's like that stick swim that I was telling you about on Frimley. Yeah. Uh that particular spot that I was catch that I ended up catching them three forties from, I didn't have anything off of it for two weeks. Yeah. And I actually got asked, I Why do you keep going in there and blanking? I goes, I'm just keeping going and I said, They'll come. Yeah. And they did yeah and it's just you've got it's hard work don't get me wrong it is hard work so it's like where i am now i'm going down and baiting once maybe twice a week but it's the effort that will bring the rewards yeah yeah do you know what i mean you can
0: condition fish actually i think one one of the key things to carp is that you you need to understand how they've been conditioned yeah or you need to condition them yeah. So, you know, certain people you, you walk into a peg and on busy lakes almost everybody will have looked to the horizon. Yeah. At a reasonable casting distance, whatever that might be, seen a tree that they like the look of. Yeah. And gone out towards that. They've cast a lead out there and found that lo and behold there's a bit of a spot out there. Yeah. And that's probably because it's regularly fished all the time. Yeah. But actually if you jumped into it and fished there and I do it, and the person before you did and the person after me did, the fish are soon conditioned yeah. that one, there might be food there, but two, there'll be the a fish chance
1: for- being hooked. Exactly. That's why I try to find. It's like where I am now. <laughs> it, this one of the spots I've been baiting. Yeah. Started off the size probably of three bait buckets. It's now the size of a bibby, yeah. and it's blatant, so anyone can find it.
0: Yeah, so, it's not birds doing that, is it? Yeah, it's, no. There's, there's, no, there's no, only the carp doing it.
1: Yeah, it's not. Ju- it's probably a bit of everything doing it that's causing the area, yeah. but it's creating. Interest in the area yeah yeah um and that's what that's what you want when i when I bait, I want to bring everything to the table that's why I use crumb, yeah body crumb, and things like that. I want to bring everything to the table because if you can get other fish small fish feeding that the carp will then find that well, what are they doing what are they eating yeah. and uh come over and they will yeah. push the others
0: out one of one of the things that i have been um looking into quite a lot recently is carp interaction with yeah. each other and and how carp interact either as as a group of fish or as a hierarchy or alternatively with actions that they do so you know one of the things in particular that that i've picked up is carp's hearing yeah and how they hear other fish eating crunching yeah absolutely you know and 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 things like that if there is activity somewhere then other carp will come in and have a look yeah without any question to to see what's going on so even if that activity is caused by tench or is caused by other fish then then the carp are very inquisitive if they're in the area they hear it yeah they want to come and have a look yeah so um this is sort of sort of known about but i'm taking it to a slightly different level because they have the uh, i've got the ability to be able to see what they're doing as well as thinking yeah is there anything out there that you think is the next thing in what, in, in in either bait approach or in tactics what, what no. is there something that you've ever thought of that's so far off the wall
1: uh, I've had some it's quite funny uh, it's actually on am or on oxleys that I can talk about it now because I'm not fishing there um, the first year I, I thought I struggled but I didn't I had six fish Yeah. Um, but I was unlucky with sizes, I had them up to 37. Still a good fish, which turned out that fish I didn't realize it at the time was one of the 40s spawned out, right? Um, <laughs> white tips. But the following year, I spent a lot more time up the trees yeah. watching, um, and I learned so so much. It was at the time I was using lead core yeah. from a leader, but one of the spots I actually watched fish come in and their fins and skills flare out. They just stopped dead, and I knew they could see this lead core. Yeah, it it didn't lay. Lead core doesn't lay exactly how you think it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, almost nothing lays exactly as you think it should.
1: No. Yeah. And I actually, it's actually, Kevin. I actually got speaking to about it. I said, I've seen this. He he recommended a leader to me, uh, which is a fluoro leader. Yeah. Um, You can't actually. Can but it's very difficult to buy it over here. It's actually used for big game fishing. Um, Sega Blue Label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got some. i got ordered it from America. What a difference that stuff made! It, yeah. And yet you wouldn't think it would. Yeah. Um, same rig, same everything except for the leader has changed. Mm-hmm. And I watched the fish come in and feed confidently, and, and I was like, "Wow, this is unbelievable!" It was actually I, I was seen these fish feeding and you know, I had four of the biggest fish in the lake feeding and I actually caught one of them that, uh, one of them that night or next morning I should say, um, 42 pounds of pretty fish um, I watched them coming in, what happened I'd had an, another area pre-baited, when I turned up somebody was in there you know what it's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, bloody out so I've, a little bit gutted I've gone r- walking around the lake and climbing trees and having a look and then I found these fish and I've seen them there, and I was like, wow. So I've gone and got the car, parked it as near as I can to do that swim, nearest to that. And I thought, well, before I set up, i can chuck some bait in. Yeah. So I've walked around, and waited for them to sort of, they're doing a circuit. I actually watched them doing a circuit. And it was about a 20-minute circuit for them to do this circuit and then come back. So I chucked the bait in. So I've gone back, set up everything, and it's hot, really hot. Well, I'm not in a rush to get the rods out because of the heat. I'll go back round and have a look, see if they're on the bait. I'll climb back up the tree, and all I can see is tails waving, plumes coming up, and they're proper fit. And I don't put in half a handful of bait. Yeah. Um, proper feet. I, I know I'm going to have a fish. But where I was fishing, I had to put the rods in the water to be able to get to this area. And it was boiling baw- hot, and I slept in my chest waders <laughs> knowing... I was expecting a take Yeah. and it caught past four in the morning that's when I had to take. It, it, it fought like its life depended on it. Um There was a set of snags to the right and I had to bully it away anyway, just walk, keep walking backwards. Now if anything was going to give that yeah. was when the leader was going to give. Yeah. It How brilliantly um I managed it. I saw the fish because it was. Summertime, like you can mm-hmm. see, it's daylight at that time, and I saw with the scales and it's the one I was after out of all the fish in there. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot bigger fish in there, yeah. but that was the one I wanted more than any. Um, and sitting, and you're just praying it goes over that net, and I managed to get it in, and I was stomachs again, throwing up. Yeah. Um, over the middle, I, like, I need somebody to do a photo because there's only two of us on, but I do not want the other guy to know that I'd call. <laughs> yeah. Um, and 'cause he's in my baited area <laughs> so i phoned a mate at his house at that time in the morning and he yeah. came out Before and the too. done the photos for me yeah. sat there i've put the rods while he waiting for him i put the rods back out um made a couple of cups of coffee while we're drinking the second cup of coffee same rods gone again right. but what i'd seen there like i say the four biggest carp in the lake i thought i, I took the waders off now uh because i sweated in them all night just get in there yeah. yeah and i just ran in fully clothed yeah. and it fought like how had i lost that fish i'd have sworn blind it was one of the biggest fish in the lake
0: yeah
1: as it happens i
0: landed it and it was a 27 pound common <laughs> crazy isn't it you can I, I think you can never that's not right you can occasionally tell yeah you know particularly on big waters I think where if you get if you get a slow bite at long range on a big water you bend into it and nothing happens then a lot of the time that yeah that does tend to be a big fish but so many times I've been caught out yeah by you know a small fish turning out to be significantly bigger you yeah. know and you're cranking one in like I had a not not a huge fish but I had a, a 32 uh the other day and it didn't really do an awful lot till it got under the tip yeah, and it was on a it was on a thirteen foot zig on a twelve foot rod, which makes it a little bit trickier to you know to try and get it in, and it went over the net. I thought, oh yeah, that's that's a twenty, and actually when you look in and think, oh blimey, you know it's uh, it's a bit yeah. bigger than I thought it was. You're listening to the Outcast, the podcast from Outlaw Pro, the ultimate angling experience. Now, I had a fish o- o- over seventy off the surface
1: in France. Did you really? Warm. And it just came in through really heavy weed, yeah, straight in like a bream. It was literally just in the net. But yeah, that was a long story because I actually didn't get to photograph it and I didn't get to weigh it. But I knew it was over 70 because three days previous, I'd caught a 66 and a half. Right. Um, It was a lot bigger than that and I'd Mm. put it, it, all I said was over 70. It was bigger than the other (laughs) one. There was a bank of probably about 25 foot coming down almost vertical. I had to crawl down this bank to get onto a flat piece that was probably half a meter flat and that's where I cast from caught this fish netted it put it on to my left took the hook out size 10 hook
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and then put the rod that side because it was in the way on the right-hand side as I went to do that it went flap flap straight oh, back in the lake ow. I it's a natural reaction you try and yeah. do this it's funny it was a perfect hamlet moment the fish has gone in the lake I've jumped in trying to grab it. Yeah, I didn't realise it was eight foot deep, so I've gone straight under and took <laughs> a couple of mouthfuls of lake water. Come back up, just sat, climbed out on, sat on the bank, and luckily I had a. Well, don't tell you, Mick. Yeah. In France, you had to carry all your documents, and I had a bum bag. Yeah, on its own, I took my cigarettes out, dried my hands, and just sat yeah. on the bank, thinking, <laughs> "What the hell's just?"
0: happens do you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, that was quite fun. You spent a bit of time in France. You actually lived there for a while as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um I'm I got in a little bit of trouble over here and I needed to get away because otherwise I'd have ended up in more trouble. So I just moved to France. Um it, it originally it was for the fishing. So yeah, yeah. we're carp anglers. Yeah, yeah. Um but I ended up getting a job within the first week um over there. So I was working in Paris yeah. um, and then I bought well, it's actually Mark Munson of Navitas has still got it so if you've still got it Mark I want it back I, I bought this detailed map in Michelin map yeah. and I went to visit all these blue areas and where I found big fish I used to put a Yeah, and if I found and fished the area and caught big fish I also put that well I lent it to Mark and I've never got it back but it's there yeah. um, I went traveling around, this is how I come I found the, the, the lakes that I found, and I was fishing the public rivers, the lakes, and I'd done really, really well over, in fact, I got quite well known in France for fishing, because going back then, that was 21 years ago, Yeah, they hadn't really seen much of English methods, mm. and I was destroying it on zigs, yeah. floaters, yeah. Um, Plastic, I'll never forget showing the French guys plastic. Like, you know I can catch on that, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, and that because the, the some of the lakes I fished were full of poisson chat, yeah, and you know what they're like, they're murder piranha,
0: yeah, absolutely, and they murder. destroyed any bait within minutes, yes. Yeah, yeah, they just square it down to a little cube. Don't yeah. pick it up, and <laughs> pick it up, and pull it against the hook link, and basically a round boilie of twenty-two mil becomes a small dice. in about yeah, yeah, half an hour. Yeah, in the little yeah.
1: bit of pla- plastic wrap that we yeah. used to put it in. Doesn't
0: doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. Doesn't work. So, but you fish some interesting areas as well. Like, but you fish right in the centre of Paris on the river there as well. And it's France. France is beautiful, but actually France is dangerous as well in certain places. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the french girl that i was with at the time
1: uh her dad when i used to go fishing in the center of paris not far from you can actually see the eiffel tower uh it's actually a very big average size of fish in yeah. the center of paris yeah yeah uh it's where i had my biggest river fish from which was yeah. 56 pound brilliant um but there's <laughs> i was fishing once and he said to me he goes you do realize people have been murdered there uh, but I'd never had no trouble there was, I was fishing once and I had a French mate with me but behind us about 20-25 yards beyond, us sat on a concrete wall were a load of people with needles jacking up yeah. but they never bothered us do you know what I mean so we just, we left them alone they left us alone but um, yeah on the river the river's actually quite easy if you again it's pre-baiting we used to pre-bait for three nights previous before we'd go so we'd go down there literally with, with sacks of maize and like prepared yeah and literally just tip it bucketing it out just chucking it out and then like chuck a load of boilies over the top and, but you wouldn't to save on cost you would not put out as many boilies as yeah. yeah. you would the maize uh, i think at the time the maize i was buying
0: for six yeah, six euros for a 25 nothing kilo for 25 sack. kilos it's it's interesting because i know guys that still fish around paris and they say the carp fishing is dropping off because of the catfish now and the catfish are getting so big i caught my biggest catfish from
1: the same area yeah um it was quite funny but i had french french mates with me again we were fishing and now i'm a typical english angler when i catch a nice fish a big fish i'll give it a kiss and put it back yeah and when my first cup like say the cup i caught from there they said don't you dare kiss that fish out of here Not out of the, same thing. Out of the yeah it's uh yeah dirty yeah, yeah. um but I was fishing. I wasn't fishing for catfish. I was fishing for carp, and I hooked into what I thought at first off was a big carp. But luckily, the bank was clear. There was no trees, and I, was, I could walk about 150 yards down following it. And I actually managed to land it, and it was just under a hundred pound catfish. Okay. And my French said you got to have your photograph taken with it. i like, nah, yeah. I don't. I don't like. I'll be honest. I don't like catfish. Yeah. I, I don't like the giant slugs were mouths yeah. to me. Um, and they stink, and they're slimy. And then the, the,
0: oh, your slime wrecked your t-shirt. Yeah, it? yeah, that's it. Yeah. It was, and
1: anyway, yeah. they did force me. I ended up throwing the t-shirt away. Funnily yeah, enough, yeah, yeah. Um, forced me to have a photograph taken with it. But I hate them.
0: Big fish, a hundred pound wild fish. Yes. Isn't yeah. It? it is a big fish. You know, I, I, I've I've caught catfish. Uh, I've caught some big ones in Spain. Caught a few in England. Caught a few in France they pull back it's quite an interesting oh they're a
1: hard fighting fish no work yeah but I think if you're not
0: that. if you're not actually going out and targeting whatever it is that you're yeah. fishing for then actually there's no point it's catching not the it not same yeah you know we, we spoke on the way over about about a big bream and uh, you know a big uh, sorry big um, tench yeah and a big tench is a lovely fish to catch but actually if you're not targeting it yeah it, it's it not quite doesn't this, quite have the same it doesn't does
1: it it's don't get me wrong I've, I've taken photographs of some of my double figure tench but i was actually fishing for carp yeah yeah and yeah. do you fish for anything else now uh not really i I've, i want to beat my pb perch at some point yes um which yeah. my pb perch isn't actually that big yeah two pound 12 yeah uh which should be doable yeah. three pound is doable now yeah yeah
0: but you know if you think in the perch world a three pounder is eminently doable now but only five years ago a three pounder was a huge fish yeah but there's actually quite a lot of them around people just didn't know where they were and it's because of the boom in perch fishing that there are a lot more uh, you know a lot more big perch known about now yeah but uh, yeah well the thames isn't far from you is it no oh mate there's actually, millions of them in the thames it's absolutely my father-in-law's
1: got a boat on there at the moment oh, as well. oh there you
0: go but we're just about to sail the boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell him to hang on to it until winter. Mind you, there still be three pounders there now because there's yeah. a lot of decent perch in there. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's all good. So any other interesting stories from France then? Because you know you spent a while over there. There must be a few. Interesting oh yeah, stories. I've some hilarious
1: stories. A uh, friend of mine when I, when I just moved there, friend of mine Pete Burgess, you know who you are, uh, wanted to come over and fish, and I go to the public lakes. Now the public water that I was fishing at the time, 360 acres. Officially, no night fishing. But I'd become friends with the guard to passion security guys. When they used to come round and see me, I'd make them cups of coffee. I'd give them a few bits of end tackle. Cause some of them were fishermen themselves, yeah. and I got wow, got, got on well wow with them. And uh, I said to him one night. One night, I said, or well, one day, I said, I'd love to be able to fish a night on there. He goes, Well, you can he said all we ask you do not put a bivvy up in the day because other people are, people will know that you're here for the night so I was like brilliant so okay. I used to at the time I had the armadillo and I used to leave it flat down yeah and then at night just pull it up um, yeah anyway Pete wanted to come over I've arranged for him to come over he goes oh can I bring a couple of mates I goes yeah no no problem was, I've arranged it with the guard to security guys a couple of mates coming over as well meet them, take them to the lake, Now I'm fishing one big bay of this lake, there's me and Pete one side, and there's Alan and Keith, the other side, Um, we should do right, I thought we were going to have some fish, Um, that very first night, got dark, one of my French mates pops round, and we're having a chat, and a giggle, and I said, yeah, I said, pop round to the others on the other side, potential guard to Pesh, he goes, yeah okay so he's gone trotting around me and Pete are sat there giggling and suddenly I hear this Les and so it's like Keith I goes yeah he goes, there's a French bloke here I goes yeah it's France he's <laughs> sort of all laughed he, he said he's got to Pesh I goes alright I'm coming so I've ran around the, the bay left Pete with the rods gets round there now my French mate speaks English as well yeah. but he's speaking to me in French so I said to him, he goes, they are absolutely shitting themselves. <laughs> you can see they are. And he's yeah. he goes, we'll keep this going for a bit longer. I goes, yeah, yeah, that's all right. And the other two, Keith and uh, Alan, said to me, what's he saying? What's he saying? Because obviously he's speaking to me in French. I goes, keep yeah. quiet. I'm trying to sort it out. I goes, whatever you do, do not tell him I'm around the other side. Because just say that I was at, gone to the toilet when you shouted for me. Yeah. And um, he goes, yeah, all right. So he asked for their passports now they ran into their bivvies and rummaged around in their bags and got their passports out now he's shining the torch at their passports and then at their faces passport then their faces and they're stood there like regimental soldiers um, I am killing inside but I'm keeping a straight face and Alan realises he's got a baseball cap on but obviously in the passport he hasn't so he's whips off and held it down by his side like as oh, i'm dying inside and i said to him mate, I goes right now pretend to get on the phone and you are calling back up because you're taking their fishing gear mm. and that's what he did it, like and they goes, well, what's happening i goes mate I said, he's taking your gear i said the backup are just up there they're just coming down no no they're panicking like how oh. and then the french guy in perfect english goes do you think we've wound them up enough now they looked at him <laughs> looked at me yeah. and they called us all the names under the sun but I'd yeah. scared them they're supposed to be there for the week I'd scared them that much they wouldn't stay really? another night and I had to take them wow. to a luckily I've got a French mate who's got commercial lakes over there yeah, I had yeah. to take them to a commercial fishery because I'd scared them that much
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, bless them there's, there's some wonderful fishing over in France isn't there you know the public lakes in
1: particular there's so much everyone thinks that France has been done and been discovered there's still so much over there that I know of even now
0: yeah.
1: that hasn't been fished yeah, yeah, and there's still a lot to be discovered over there Yeah. are you going back uh, I haven't been three years but I'm hoping to change that next year I want to get back over. Um, I want to get back on the public. I love the, yeah. the rivers. There's something the,
0: special about the public lakes and
1: rivers. Yeah. yeah. Well, with that 360-acre lake, I was the first English guy to ever fish it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Whereabouts were you in France? Paris. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I was actually yeah, yeah. based in Paris. Yeah. I can't, I can't name that lake Yeah. because it's still under the radar. And there's carp. Yeah. I know for a fact there's carp over 80 coming out now. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. To give you an idea, I caught... I, I, this is how I become everyone says they don't take off the surface yeah, yeah I was down there one morning I'd been done an overnighter and I see this French guy walk down with a big um, paper sack yeah. of old bread stale bread he's yeah. the boulanger ducks. baker yeah, yeah. Yeah. from in the local village um, feeding the ducks yeah chucking it out and I'm sat there and I'm watching and the ducks are going mad loads of hundreds of them and all of a sudden I see these big pair of lips come up yeah I was like they'd yeah, take a surface that'll baby. do that's a, yeah. and so I've come nah, like, back. I've gone to work, come back that evening with my floater gear. Believe it or not, you can't actually buy floated fishing gear yeah. in France. Um I come back with it. And when I come back, there's these two French guys actually out on the pontoon fishing, four rods up, f- all facing skywards. Yeah. I hadn't had anything. I'm at the on the bank at the far end of the pontoon. Um I turn up with I actually had two baguettes wetting the baguette firing it out in the cap hole so I could get the distance yeah and the on chat were coming up like primers, just attacking the bread the guys on the pontoon are seeing me do this and they're laughing yeah, obviously yeah. they're taking a the pee um, I just kept going and it was only there about 20 minutes and eventually I've seen this big pair of lips come up from the bottom take one of the bits of bread so I've just grabbed the rod I only had one rod landing it and I nook him out that's all I had with me yeah first cast cast out past it where I'd seen the fish come up pulled it back gently and it just came straight up and took it first cast and I'm playing this fish and it's fighting like cause it is a weedy lake as well it's fighting like how two guys on the pontoon are looking around and I, it come walking down the pontoon and it goes you cook up? Oh, we? <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I landed it and that was one just over 44 but in three evenings after that I landed well the 70. Yeah. Either I didn't get the fact to photograph it, but I think it was um, a ridiculous amount of fish over 45 I had off the surface yeah. Yeah. just by doing that.
0: It's conditioning. Yeah. It comes back to what it was before. If that guy hadn't been down there with the bread, it yeah. would be very difficult. But, you know, I think carpet, they're just opportunists, aren't they? If there's, yeah. if there's a food source, they'll soon suss it out. Yeah. Whatever that might be. And, uh, yeah, I, just, I don't know whether it's the French don't feed ducks as much. Or we don't, or the the French don't fish for them because it's very rare that you see many surface fish. No, I know, I know, I mean, but uh, that's because it's not done. Yeah,
1: yeah, isn't it really? But I mean, public lakes—if there's anywhere where
0: they feed ducks, yeah, it's always worth getting Absolutely, particles in the edge just after dark as well—that's always a good one, isn't it? You know, yeah, and, uh, just, oh. but yeah. it is
1: quite. Where it's a public lake? One oh, I forget. One of the fish I caught was. Over 50, I can't remember how big. Um, there was a group having a barbecue, mm. and they watched me catch this fish. There There's a Chinese having a the barbecue, and they've come over and watched me catch this fish. They go, you come and put it on the barbecue? <laughs> oh, no, I kissed yeah. it and putting it back. No, yeah, their yeah. faces was a picture. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. And, well, I know people that have gone in fights before now. Yeah. Um, over, you know, going back a few years... Uh, when, because remember, France used to have a no kill policy for ages yes. and ages and ages, trying to promote the fact that carp should be put back in again. Because it's only been what I suppose ten, fifteen years yeah that that it, they've been sort of to this level. Prior to that, they used to kill an awful lot of fish.
1: Well, we're not first yeah. m- moved there. um this is, this is quite a funny story. There is a, I'll tell you the name of the place. Etienne. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just outside of Paris yeah. there's a big 80 acre lake yeah. but it's right in the middle of the town Yeah, right in the middle and now when I'd driven past it I'd seen carp anglers fishing bivvies up, yeah. rods out so I thought oh, I want to become a member and this is before I could speak French so I got the French girl to have a chat with some of the guys that were fishing to get me the details and yeah. I became a member cost me I think it was 100 euros for the year yeah, yeah, went down and fished it I only fished it the once went down and fished it and the whole last catching was I think the biggest fish was 14 pound yeah. and I got chatting to one of the other guys there and he was saying that, oh yeah they had a big fish gear here a, few, uh, a couple of years ago and they've only just restocked it right. so like all the fish are small so I was like that's put me off of that but while I'm fishing well, this other guy to my right has come over to show me a fish yeah. in a carrier bag dead yeah, he's yeah, taking yeah. it home <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like what I'd only just move to the guy. like what <laughs> what's going on Yeah.
0: I remember um Oh it's going back a few years, me, Crowy and Briggsy went to um went to Hungary on a rumour. And we'd heard we got some Austrian mates and a Hungarian mate that uh, that, that said, Oh yeah, we believe there's a big fish in this in, this lake. It's an old dead arm of the Danube and we think it might do a fish that, that could be close to eighty pound. Yeah. It's already produced a, a thirty kilo plus fish. So we well, like, right, fine, fair enough. So we've bearing in mind this is Hungary and we didn't really know that much about it. We've driven all the way there. Didn't know where to get permits from, I've just heard about this lake. Got yeah. there. And uh we've we found the the fishing because there's always a fishing guard with a hut. So it's yeah. like, uh, can we fish here because we didn't even know if we could fish. Can we fish here? Yes. I'm thinking, fantastic, that's a result. <laughs> F- like we found it first, yeah, yeah. then we've got there, we, we can fish there. And then we said, Is there uh is there many carp in here? It's like, Oh yes, many carp <laughs> So like, Oh, this is getting even better <laughs> and uh is so there any uh any big carp? You know, holding the yeah, hand. Yeah, right? yeah. Any big carp? He's like, oh yes, a very big carp. It's like, uh, how big's very big, thirty kilos. Yes, yes, thirty kilos. And then suddenly, I'm just thinking back to my old French days, where every single uh, French lake had got a twenty kilo carp in it. Yeah, and yeah. Talking, oh yeah, twenty kilo, of course. So, so have you got a photograph of anything? Yes, yes, I have a photo, thirty kilo photo. It's like, can we see it? Yeah. Yes. So we are thinking, <laughs> Blimey, this is good. Anyway, we're thinking this photograph's going to turn up and, uh, you know, he's going to be a 20 pounder or something like that. Anyway, he's got this photograph out and it is clearly 60 plus. Yeah, fish. yeah. And we're thinking, wow, this is just heaven. It's a lake nobody knows about that's got 60 pound fish in it. We said, are there a lot of fish like this? thinking we're really pushing it. He's like, "Uh, yes, yes, many, many fish, many fish. How big? This big, this big? And he's pulled his hands really close together. It's like, this big, three kilo, five kilo, many, many, many fish. It's like, what do you mean many fish? Well, yesterday we put 5,000 in For the same reason, (laughs) you know, the the locals come and knock him on the head. So we finally found the Holy Grail that's an unknown venue that's got £70 in that uh, nobody knows about only to find that the previous week it's been stocked <laughs> with 5,003 kilo fish
1: yeah I like, paid uh, uh, 100 pounds oh well, 100 euros to join that club and I fished yeah. it once found out what was in there. I was like got and then that's, that's how come I became fishing on the public lakes because yeah. you could buy the whole ticket for a year for less than that at the absolutely time.
0: you know it's it's amazing isn't it that you know if you you've you've, you've got to be careful of the rules and you have got to be a little yeah. bit careful where you go but if you abide by the rules and if you go you know just be nice be friendly that's the thing if so you try make right. an effort to speak french that's as well thing. i found was the key yeah, for me that
1: was definitely for me when i was over there living when i was learning the yeah. language it took me probably nine months to be able to speak it fluently yeah, yeah um that i could speak on the phone without actually seeing the person in front of me yeah, yeah. but where i used to go while i was working i they go to the cafe every lunchtime yeah. yeah and the lady behind the bar cafe wanted to learn to speak english and yeah. i wanted to learn to speak french perfect so i used to speak to her in french yeah and she'd speak to me in english and we'd correct each other yeah and over, you don't realize that over yeah. time you actually learn.: Absolutely. And that goes a hell of a long way with the French. Uh,
0: in particular, I think the French, doesn't it? Because do you think
1: about it if somebody come over here yeah. and just come up to you and just start speaking in a foreign language, what yeah. would you think? Yeah,
0: you wouldn't be happy, especially no. when you turn around and go, these stupid English don't speak French. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. we are in England, and the amount of Englishmen that go over there speak... And uh, so many times an Englishman will speak to a Frenchman, and if they don't understand, they will speak a little bit louder and put an <laughs> accent on, <laughs> no. like something from Hello, Hello. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, <'cause> <laughs> i got a funny
1: one with that. Yeah, Nigel Harris... Used to be uh, in Ring right. I'll never forget. We were paying at the tolls. We we're on our way to Monluçon doing the shows. Yeah, um, doing the tolls, and yeah, uh, he, uh, he wanted the receipt, and he goes. He asked for the ticket. He just asked for it in English,
0: but with, with, like, accent. with the French yeah, accent. Yeah. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, Italian's really easy because all you need to do is use an English word and stick a vowel on the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> and put an I, an E, or an O, on it, and then yeah. it's, uh, it's fine. Yeah. Scorchio. I mean, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah.
1: And if you're in russia you know? or croatia just put ski on you yeah, exactly <laughs>
0: that's it that's it but no a little a little bit of respect goes a long long way it does. doesn't it, it Let's, does. we're more or less out of time it's always a pleasure sitting down and, and having a chat with you it's lovely to have a catch-up as well it's been too long yeah you know and i think this is there's a little lesson there folks i'm going to say this down the barrel of the camera Catch up with your mates a little bit more because it's lovely just to sit down. We've shared uh, many a beer overseas yeah. uh, and had, uh, had had some nice little uh, l- chats and, the and laughs. Cherry there, events bit, so. as well,
1: yeah,
0: absolutely. So, well, yeah, thank you ever so much for coming in, folks. You've been listening to the Outcast. Don't forget, follow us on social media. Give us a click, a like, a share. Do all the normal gubbins and tune in for the next one because we will, of course, be back. Thanks for listening to The Outcast, the podcast from Outlaw Pro, the ultimate angling experience. Remember to follow us on social media for updates and information on future guests. See you next time.